Engage quantum drive. Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob. I'm Katie. And our ongoing mission is to discuss every episode of The Orville. Except sometimes we go off on side missions where we talk about other Orville-related things. And apparently today, even more off-topic than we normally get, because this is our Meet the Hosts episode. We talked about this a little while ago. We're going to be answering some listener questions that you all sent in and just kind of talk about some things that are more relevant to us. Basically, this is like, uh, hey, we've been hanging out with you guys for, I don't know, three years now. Yeah. And this is an opportunity to really introduce us in a more in-depth way that you might not have heard about us on the show. But before we get into listener questions, we have a new review. <gasps> Lay it on me. All right. This one comes from TableFrog98, who starts off by saying, awesome, awesome, awesome. This is the first podcast I listened to at the beginning of the week. I'm rewatching old episodes and then listening to the podcast again. I feel like I have two friends enjoying the show right along with me. Yay! I feel like it's come up a lot that people feel like they listen to the show and feel like it's a conversation with friends about the Orville. Mm -hmm. And I really like that because I don't want people to be like, oh, we're listening to two people talk about it. I want it to feel like you're sitting on a couch with us in the living room and we're drinking tea. Yeah. And talking about the Orville. So that that is like the highest compliment to me. And it's just it's nice to hear. Yeah, that one's coming a few times and I like it a lot. It's very nice. If you would like to leave us a review, you can go to Apple Podcasts, write a written review and leave a five star rating. And we'd greatly appreciate that. You can send us emails by sending them to quantum drive at the You can follow us on Twitter at quantum drive pod. You can join the discord by going to the slash discord. And if you'd like access to Mark's alternate one-sentence reviews and bonus podcasts, you can support the show on Patreon at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. So Katie, we've got lots of questions here. We do. I'm honored that people were curious enough about us to ask questions. So yeah. I'm excited for this. A lot of good stuff. So we have some first off from Colleen O'Brien, who asks the big question first. I'm curious as to how long Rob and Katie have known one another. How did you two meet? How long has it been? It's been at least five years. I mean, we've been doing this for three years. Do you think it's been like six or seven? Probably more like, well, I've been streaming. I know we're going to talk about streaming at some point for sure. Mm -hmm. I've been streaming for a little over seven years. And I think I met you maybe like one year into that. Same. I think I've been streaming for, oh God, I think it's going into eight years. So I know I met you near the beginning like maybe like slightly after the beginning. So it may be like seven years at this point. <laughs> That's pretty wild. But I think we met on Twitch. We did. We met through Silence Night, mutual yes. acquaintance, another streamer. Mm -hmm. SK rated me because I happened to play a game that he was playing at the time. Mm -hmm. And just a random like, we'll raid this Katie Peters plays person. Yeah. And then through SK, I met Rob. And now we're here. Six to 
seven to five years later. (laughs) Which is wild. And the other thing that we might have said on the podcast at some point, we've never actually met Matt. (laughs) No, we keep trying, but it's just not, it's not working out. We almost met one year at Comic-Con, but then Mark and I had to cancel the trip last minute because our dog was sick. And that was the one time that I'm like, we're for sure meeting Rob this year. Absolutely. And it just didn't work out, but... (laughs) We're going to do it one of these days. We're going to meet each other. (laughs) One of these days. Yeah. So that's kind of the history. And I know somebody, actually someone else asks about starting the podcast. So we'll get to that because I almost broke into that story too. Okay. (laughs) So uh, the next question is, this is a long one. There's a multi-part question here. Does Rob have a cat? I only ask because I think I caught it jumping on the furniture in the background of one of your YouTube videos. Yes, you definitely did. Uh, mm-hmm. If you do have a cat, Rob, what can you tell us about it? I don't know. What do people want to know about cats or what kind of things <laughs> do people like to say about their pets? Can you tell I don't have cats or pets myself by this parenthetical tangent? What's the cat's name? How'd you get it? How many do you have? And does Katie have any pets? So that's a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yes, you absolutely saw my cat jump up in because I have a little cat tree next to my desk. If you watch any of the YouTube videos, you've probably seen him jump at some point. He's an all black cat named Gotham. I am a huge Batman fan. And there's a whole story behind where he got his name, but I'm not going to go into all of that because it's it's a long story. But you can actually hear about the origin of him, my decision to get him, and the naming story all comes up in a short-run podcast that I did with my friend Pumpkinberry called The Adventures of PB and Rob, which is also on the Geek Generation Network. If you really want to know like all the history of Gotham and even hear him as a little kitty meowing during one of the episodes, it's all in there. So you can check that out. He's a little over two years old right now. And yeah, he's my only pet and I love him a lot. So you've definitely seen him in YouTube videos. Katie, what about you? Well, also people follow Rob on Twitter. Oh, yes. If Twitter doesn't explode, because Rob posts pictures of Gotham occasionally. And you can like the pictures and be like, oh, he's so cute. Because Gotham is adorable. He is a very handsome cat. Yeah. Mark and I did have a pet for a very long time who was a big part of my community on Twitch. His name was Kodo, but Kodo unfortunately passed away a few years ago. So... We keep him alive, though, with a lot of uh, we have some emotes of Kodo that I will never get rid of. And so, yeah, you can see a picture of him on my Twitch page. If you're like, what does Kodo look like? He was a great Pyrenees chow chow mix and he was the best dog in the entire world. But just for right now, Mark and I will foster dogs occasionally. Mm-hmm. And that's how we've been getting our little pet loveys in for the time being. And maybe one day we'll have another permanent fur baby. So I still have my Kodo mug. I know. I have I, I have my Kodo shirt. Yeah, I had some art made of Kodo. Kodo is a very special dog. I seriously believe that he was not a dog, but just an angel incarnate. So <laughs> we have some merch of him that's very special too. But yeah, Kodo was my my baby boy for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Kodo's great. Yeah. Lastly, is there anything you wish you knew before you started podcasting that you had to learn the hard way? I asked because I've been a guest on a few podcasts myself and did co-host a bi-weekly live stream in the past. And I'm about to launch my own solo pre-recorded podcast. And if you've got any words of advice for me with that, I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say. What do you think, Katie? Ooh, I think consistency is important. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say that with everything, but consistency, but then you have something to plan on. Like mm. I record this day at this time and I feel like that helps a lot. I don't know. There's so much to talk about with podcasting. And some of it is just trial and error. Like you just sometimes you're like, did I like how that worked? Nah. <laughs> we could legitimately get into an entire episode about just that. For yeah. Sure, but 
because not only do I do quantum drive, but like I like podcasting so much that I started doing one on my own. <laughs> it's just me talking. It's also on the Geek Gen Network called Katie Hasn't Seen That. And that's been a lesson in podcasting too for myself because, you know, I'm doing it all by myself for the most part. That's a challenge. It's, you know, a lot. And podcasting is a lot. Like, I don't think people realize how much actually goes into podcasting until you start attempting to do podcasting. You're recording, you're researching, then you're editing. You have to make your social media stuff. You have to upload it. Rob helps me upload my episodes to the, I don't know, the I don't know where you do it. I know you have your special <laughs> secrets, but into the world so you can all listen to yes. it. But there's a lot to learn with podcasting. So just educating yourself and then being realistic about it too, I think is yeah. important. Because you and I are both a bit of perfectionists too when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> giving yourself a little grace too, I think can go a long way. <laughs> yeah. One of the things you need to do right away is decide what you want podcasting to be for you. If it's a hobby, do whatever you want to do, honestly. If you yeah. want to put out a product that you want to be really proud of, like we do a lot of work, a lot of prep work for every episode to make sure we know what we're talking about and that we have a lot to say. Like we have extensive notes going into every episode that we record. Then obviously the recording part itself is the most fun. Like I don't think anybody would argue with that. That's No, the yeah, best. it's the best part. <laughs> yeah. And then the worst part is the editing afterwards. But I think it's what really tightens up a podcast and polishes it into the final product. Not everybody does that. Some people like the sound of a raw podcast, but at the very least, you should at least be mastering your audio so that people can hear the things that you say. But like we go overboard with editing for sure compared to most shows. Yeah, the way I view it sometimes is it's like watching a TV show at 480p mm -hmm. if you don't like make your audio at least a little cleaned up. Yeah. And then, so I don't know. It, it's worth it to take the time with it too and make sure you're putting out a product that you would want to listen to. For sure. Because there's a difference between like, oh, I'm going to sit here and just ramble for 50 minutes and then just upload that raw audio. Because there's one thing I learned about editing, and this is for video editing too, is that be mindful of the listener or the watcher's time. Mm -hmm. So that is something I'm always keeping in mind whenever I'm editing anything because I'm like, I don't want to waste anybody's time. So with podcasting, I feel like it's, Doing something that you're enjoying talking about and then taking the time to put out a product that you actually feel like people would want to listen to and that you would personally listen to. I feel like that's a huge thing. Like you're excited about something. I want to listen to somebody talk about that. Yeah. I, and the other big thing that I've learned that I wish I had known way sooner than I did, like I've done probably five or six different podcasts of my own at this point. And I wish I had known that I should start with a niche and build from there. So like if you want to find your audience, like if you want to just do a podcast as a hobby and you don't care how many people listen, do whatever you want to do. But I started off with the Geek Generation podcast, which is like the one that launched the network and everything. And I did that for about 10 years. But that was a general geek show. I was like, I want to talk about everything and I want everyone to listen to it. So I want to appeal to everybody. So I talked about movies and TV shows and video games and all that stuff. And yet, if I wanted to find my audience sooner, you niche down and you talk about one thing because then people know what they're getting. It's easier to find those people and target those people. And so this podcast of the ones I've done has been the most successful because there is a fan base around it already. We know exactly what we're doing with every episode. It's just a lot easier to deal with than like the cumbersome. I'm talking about all things geeky. Like that's a lot. So. 
if you want to get an audience and build an audience from the beginning, I would say niche down. You can always build up from there, but start small and then broaden as you go. I also feel like it's good to manage your expectations. Like don't expect to put out an episode and be like, yeah, blow it up. Like it yeah. takes time to build. And there's so many podcasts out there and just enjoy the process. I think that's the huge part is you got to enjoy the process. Otherwise, sure. it'll become like a, a drag, honestly. So just enjoy it. Yeah, agreed. The next questions come in from Driving Me Spare. I didn't include every single question because there were quite a few. And I generally pulled out a lot of Orville questions because okay. that wasn't really what this episode was for. We kind of put it out there as like, yeah, we talk about Orville all the time. This is a time to talk about other stuff that's related mm -hmm. to it. So the first question from Driving Me Spare says, how did you actually decide to get together to make your awesome Quantum Drive podcast? Please tell us the story. I know we had talked about it like, oh, maybe we should do an Orville podcast. And we're both really busy people. And mm -hmm. so like sometimes we like float ideas out there and we're like, yeah, let's see. And then they just never happen. But And then they never happen. <laughs> but I think between Rob and I, I think we just kept bringing it up. And I know either I message you or you message me and we're like, we should just do this. And I'm really glad that we did because it's been such a fun world to know so much about and then mm. get to actually like, I, I mean, we interviewed cast and crew. Like I was driving today and I thought about, we got to interview John Kassar. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. So go listen to that episode. But I don't know what, maybe we had a gut feeling about it. We both love Star Trek. We both felt like this show had something special to it. And I know that we just landed on actually doing it. Yeah. Well, Star Trek is the thing that I think we initially bonded over. Like as yeah. soon as I found out you were a Trekkie when we met through Twitch, I was like, oh, okay, she's cool. <laughs> like yeah. That was, that was the Picard. initial thing. Yeah. Well, you and I both like Next Gen a lot. And I feel yeah. like being just a Trekkie, but then having that common ground of, oh, we both like Next Gen a lot. Yep. And Orville felt at the time like the Star Trek we wanted. Yes. But weren't getting. Yeah. So we started talking about that. I think you were actually streaming when... I might have mentioned it the first time mm -hmm. and then it was like, wait, like for real, for real, we should do it. Or are we joking saying that we might yeah. do it. And then it kind of just kind of solidified from there. I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but it was something along those lines. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll go all the way back in our message history oh, and no. find the moment, <laughs> the inception point. But I do feel like we kept coming back to it. Yeah. Like it wasn't something that I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And then it disappeared from our brains forever. It became a thing we said to each other enough that it was like, let's actually do this. Yeah. And podcasting was new to you because I had interviewed you on the Geek Generation podcast. And I think you said that was like one of the first ones you had done. Maybe. I think so, because I mean, this was like five, six years yeah. ago. Yeah, this was a long time ago. We also did Random Movie Club at one point. Yes. But that, was that after Quantum You've done Drive? a few episodes, uh, I think. That was... Yeah. We did the this or that one, too, with Mark. Yep. So the, the one with Mark was after we had started Quantum Drive. The Random Movie Club ones were, I think, before. I just remember... We also... Rob has Wheel of Geek Gen, mm -hmm. which is a really oh, right. fun game Jeez, show. Yeah. <laughs> which is not really a podcast, but it was like a fun game show on Geek Gen channel on Twitch. And mm -hmm. I know we did that. I don't know what it was about the Orville specifically, but I was like, I like podcasting. I think I had been guests on a couple, mm -hmm. but I think Quantum Drive was my first official foray into the podcast world. And then I liked it enough to make my own. So yeah. <laughs> it's weird that I, I technically, and I know this is a we, have two podcasts. Like sometimes I'm like, what? 
it doesn't, it doesn't like it doesn't <laughs> comprehend in my brain. But yeah. I'm very proud of the Orville, and I'm also equally proud of like my other podcast. Katie hasn't seen that, but I'm excited that the podcasts that I do do, like I'm really proud of them. And I feel like this one's special because Rob and I, I mean, we've done this for three years now and it's unlocked some cool opportunities, but I just feel like we've stuck with it. Yeah. And we have very similar work ethics. Like I know we said we're both perfectionists, but we also have very similar work ethics and we both really, really care about this show. I try to like tell Rob to rest and Rob tells me to rest. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's it never times, works either it way. It never works. I'll edit <laughs> videos until like one in the morning. Like we would record Thursday nights during season three and I would stay up till 11. Between 11 and one is usually when I finished editing for mm -hmm. the YouTube stuff. And it was just, you know, I wouldn't do that if I didn't care. <laughs> and Rob does so much love and work into the audio. So it's, it's exciting that people listen to it. And it's exciting that people ask questions to know more about us. So. Yeah, it was tough the whole time, obviously. I mean, it's always a lot of work to do podcasting, but season three was particularly tough because it was the first time we were doing it along with the show. And mm -hmm. we had a time frame in our mind that we wanted to get finished episodes out by. Yeah. So that was something we put on ourselves, but I can't believe how we, we nailed it every time. Like we never missed anything. We never missed a deadline. Yeah. That's the thing. A self-imposed deadline. Self-imposed <laughs> deadline. <laughs> But I, I mean, I don't know. It's just something we, we're both very passionate about the podcast. Yeah. So it's easy to be excited about Quantum Drive for me. Yeah. I went on a bunch of tangents. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. This is an episode that's just going to be full of tangents, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, next question is, how much Orville merch do you both own? Not as much as you might think for me. I have a t-shirt and I mm -hmm. have a mug. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I have so... like. I have I to go through my closet. The model behind you. Do you think that counts as merch? I'm thinking like, oh, a t-shirt and a mug, but I guess. Well, you have a you have an Orville. I do. That's merch. Like any collectible or anything is merch. You can't really see it, but there's yeah. a Orville model, mm -hmm. and underneath it, you can't see this either. It's the comics are underneath it. I have a Bordis autograph that Rob got me. Bordis mm -hmm. and Peter Macon autograph. So that's always on the shelf. And then there's also the jar of pickles that was used on the set when, spoiler alert, Alara left the show. <laughs> and it's the jar of pickles she gave Ed. So I have, yes. and it's signed by John Cassar. So no big deal. The actual jar of pickles. The actual jar of pickles. So I guess I do have that and then a t-shirt and a mug. Rob's got some cool stuff too, though. I don't have nearly as much as you do, but I do have some cool stuff. I have, of course, all the comics, just like you do, because we talk about those. Uh, I have an Eagle Moss model of the Orville that Katie sent me. Yay. So I have that. I have autographed photos of Kelly and Bordas. Mm -hmm. And I have the jacket that Hulu sent me. And that's that's it. Rob got this sweet jacket. Oh, it is so it's like a it's a like a varsity jacket. Yes, but it's Orville themed. It is. It's very blue. <laughs> that's very cool. Uh so yeah, we each have kind of our own little. I'll take the jar of pickles. You can have the cool jacket. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you could choose, this is way different. Yeah. Uh, if you could choose any job in the world to do, what would it be? Oh my gosh. That is a, I don't know. <laughs> I have a full-time job. Yeah. Rob also works a lot. So mm -hmm. we do this on top of other things like life, full-time job, and also like the stuff we do on Twitch and that kind of thing. It would be really nice to just do fun things like the podcast or creative things. But I don't know that there's a specific career path that I wish I could do because there's just too many possibilities out there and my brain can't pick one. Are you just suggesting then content creator? But I, I feel like, hear me out. 
that sounds a little shallow. And also, I don't think I fully want that. Right. I feel like there's something more. I think I'd rather just leave an impact in some way that is positive on the world, which sounds also a very generic kind of answer. But <laughs> I don't know if there's some sort of like way to do fun things, but also give back, I feel like. And get paid for it. Hence job. Yeah, I guess it's a job. Yeah. Wouldn't it be like really funny if I was like, I don't know, a desk job, you know, just, you know, being a personal assistant. <laughs> hey, that might be some person's dream. Who knows? Maybe something will pop into my head. What about you? Uh, I have two. One okay. is, I think, pretty obvious podcasting. If I could mm -hmm. do this full time, I don't want to do the editing part as my job <laughs> because yeah. it is the least enjoyable part of the process. But I would happily do the pre and the recording and I would do like an episode five times a week. Like I would have each day dedicated to one show and I'd be doing like five podcasts simultaneously. I would love to do that. Never say never. Maybe and someday. I, I, I certainly have the ideas for them that I'm dying to do, but yeah. time is limited. The other thing I would have as a job, and this has always been like a faraway dream type thing, almost like a, I would do this in my retirement if I had the money to do it, but I know I'll never probably retire. So <laughs> this is probably just not going to happen. <sighs> I would love to own a two screen movie theater that has a bakery in the lobby. Okay, that's amazing. Let's make that happen for Rob. Like I just heard about Kevin Smith buying his hometown movie theater. Mm -hmm. And when he goes to Jersey now, he has an apartment above the movie theater that he stays in. That's so cool. <laughs> so he can just go down the theater at night and throw something on. Or yeah. he can have his friends come over and curate like a week of movies around a certain theme or whatever. That's cool. And I would love to just have a two screen theater. Like I don't need a ton of screens Two just for some versatility. Like you could do live shows in one while you're showing a movie in the other or run two movies or whatever. I would want an apartment above it. And hey, speak of the devil. Hey, buddy. Gotham. There's Gotham coming out from taking his nap to probably lay down over here instead. Oh. And uh, the bakery in the lobby would satiate my well, other. Gotham's doing a little bakery yeah, right now. Yeah, he's making some biscuits on his <laughs> cat bed right now. <laughs> Takes after his dad. Yeah. <laughs> That would satiate my other passion, which is baking. I love to bake. So if I could like sell, imagine a theater where you buy like cupcakes or pastries before you go into the theater oh. instead of just movie candy. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. And that did make me think of something that I've always wanted to do. I actually went to college for this before I got a degree in psychology. But before that, I was going to become a cinematographer before the industry crushed any dreams that I had. <laughs> I think I got too afraid of like feeling like it would be too difficult. To yeah. get into that world. But I, I used to really want to do cinematography. So I feel like that would be really cool to make movies and show my perspective. I would enjoy that. I think what I really want is to have more time to do the things I love. And yeah. I just feel like with the amount of stuff that I... Life is a grind. And so having things like Quantum Drive and that stuff to make it more fun and vibrant helps a lot. But yeah, I guess if I had to pick a career right now, it would be a cinematographer. And then maybe I could help at the movie theater because that <laughs> sounds so fun. I could either like run the, the desk or I could help make baked goods because I like baking, but I haven't done it as much because life is so busy. And it makes me happy that you make time to bake. I have to just for my sanity. It's like mm -hmm. that's my meditation is baking. I just wish there weren't so many calories. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, then it's just Mark and I eating them. If yeah. like I make cookies and it's I should just freeze half of them. But that never happens. They stay on the counter. And so Same. they're all gone. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, next question is, if you could visit any place in the world, where would it be? 
Ooh, I want you to answer this one first. I'm not a huge traveler, even though like the older I get, the more I want to and Mm -hmm. the less time I have to do so. But I would love to visit Italy purely for the food. (laughs) I feel like you should do that because Italy is a beautiful place and there's a lot of pasta. Yeah. So I don't disagree. I feel like picking one place to go. Can you go to a place you've already been? I suppose. I mean, it doesn't say what new place. It says if you could visit any place. My first inkling was Scotland because I really liked it there. There's Mm. just Edinburgh specifically, the cobblestone streets and the old castles and just that like history that's there. I feel like Scotland specifically has so much going for it. And if you go up north, you have like the ocean and these beautiful green islands. And so I don't know, there's something magical about Scotland to me. And I would a thousand percent buy a small little house to live in the northern part of Scotland to just live out my final days, I think. That sounds nice. It's just, it rains and it's just so green. It, in yeah. the sky, I swear the sky was bluer there. Yeah, it probably is. There's less pollution in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where I would go. All right. Uh, What is your favorite unhealthy food? Macaroni and cheese. That's a good one. Mine, of course, it's a dessert. (laughs) I love dessert too, though. Like that's part. I I just feel like my comfort food as well as an unhealthy food that I would be like, yeah, mac and cheese all the day, every day. Yep. Mine is uh, apple pie. So I'm probably lucky that it's a seasonal one or else Mm. I would eat it year round. Yeah. Mac and cheese is just top tier S tier food to me. It doesn't have to be classy. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I do love an apple pie though, like with fresh crust or homemade pastry. Mm -hmm. And then when you actually cut the apples and my granny used to make apple pie and she would peel it by hand and then she would cut such thin slices of apple in it. So do you like thick cut or thin cut apples in your apple pie? I'm generally like a medium cut. Yeah. You can't go too thick or else you have to really account for the cooking time change because they're they're very thick slices. And I don't like too thin because then the texture gets too sloppy. So, it gets it disintegrates. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want yeah. a mushy apple. I like I like them to be apples, it's an apple. like recognizably apples. So I have I go for a medium cut personally. Yeah. My granny always did thin cut, so I'm used to that like almost you go into it and it like disintegrates. Yeah. So like I'm used to that, but I do feel like sometimes the thick cut doesn't cook all the way. So I agree with medium cut or thinner. Yep. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Whose songs or music do you like to listen to, to raise your spirits? To raise my spirits. Yeah. I have a lot of people that I listen to. Music is one of those few things that growing up, I feel like was when I had a twinkle in my eye, I was originally going to go to UMass to become an A&R executive before my parents were like, we're moving across the country. And I'm like, I'm a senior. I'd really like to not do that. I've picked out a college. <laughs> but so my whole trajectory in life changed. But music to me is so special that it's hard to just pick one artist since my goal in life was to hopefully discover new musical acts. There's so many paths I feel like our lives could take. And I know, right? It's so weird where we end up. Who would you go with? I'm going to let you go first. Well, I'll start off first by saying that my favorite band is Our Lady Peace. So any I didn't I, know I, that about you. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Our Lady Peace is my favorite band. I've seen them almost every time they've come to the US because they're a Canadian rock band. So that's oh. where they primarily tour. But they often come to every few years, they'll come to the US for a tour. And I've seen them almost every time except for like last year because it was the tail end of the pandemic. And I was like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. I'm going to wow. not go to that one. So I love them. 
but I have an entire playlist on my iPod called Positive Pump. <laughs> oh, okay. And that is predominantly songs from both the Tony Hawk and Burnout games. Yeah. There's something about like punk music that just makes you go like, yeah, it's time yep. to get get going. Yeah. For getting pumped up, punk music will do it. Yeah. I have a similar thing with punk music and rap. The song that gets me pumped up all the time is from the Space Jam soundtrack. Oh, no. <laughs> It's called The Winner and it's by Coolio. And I love Coolio. I was really sad that he passed away. Yeah. But there's a song on the Space Jam soundtrack called The Winner and it is the most positive song of all time. It hypes me up because it makes me feel like Coolio is talking to me specifically <laughs> and telling me that I'm a winner and I can do anything I put my mind to. Coolio's your personal hype man. Coolio's my personal hype man. But I also am a fan of like alternative or punk music to also hype me up. And my favorite band is Motion City Soundtrack. So if I listen to a Motion City Soundtrack album... I didn't know that about you. We're learning things about each other. <laughs> Apparently, we never talk about music. No, I don't think we ever have. <laughs> Not That's really, never no. come up. So yeah, I love alternative. And I mean, there's Blink-182, which I still love. But like Motion City Soundtrack, I know all the words to every song. And there's something about that specifically that just gets me hyped that I'm like, I know what they're saying and I can participate. <laughs> so I don't know, but I really like their music too. So nice. All right. This one's going to be probably a wide or mm -hmm. very difficult one for us to answer as streamers. What's your favorite video game of all time? Okay. I have several. <laughs> yeah. That's, as do I go for it. From my childhood, it is Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie was the game that and Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing, I wouldn't even race. I'd just drive around and create stories in my head of what my <laughs> character was getting up to. And it was open world, but it was a small enough open world that it was manageable for like a kid. Mm. Banjo-Kazooie just for some reason hit at the right time. People playing Smash Bros or Super Mario 64, which I did play those, but Banjo-Kazooie specifically had something about it that made me happy. I don't know if it's because you had a bird on your back that you could walk with <laughs> or, you know, there is Banjo-Kazooie as a kid. As an adult, I really like Dead Space. I love horror games now. So Outlast, because it was one of the first gaming experiences where I was truly terrified. Dead Space, because I love the story and the atmosphere. Stories Untold, which is a kind of... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's another horror game, but it's told in like, it's like an anthology told in like five stories. Mm -hmm. I really like that. But one that's not horror is called Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Mm -hmm. And it's a really beautiful like story game. The walking sim. So it's not like I'm one, two punching things, but those are my top games. The end. That was like six games, five <laughs> or six games. That's fine. <laughs> Mine are unsurprisingly the Batman Arkham series. Absolutely mm -hmm. love those. Not only because they're Batman games, so obviously I'm going to gravitate towards that, but they're just fantastic games in general. Marvel Spider-Man, I think, is one of the best games ever made between the gameplay and an absolutely amazing story that not a lot of video. There are two video games that have ever made me cry. Marvel Spider-Man is one of them. The other one was Life is Strange Before the Storm. That specific prequel story got me. I've had a lot of games make me cry, so I've kind of yeah. lost count <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> So those and the Mega Man franchise. I really love the Mega Man franchise growing up. So that's like my nostalgic one. I feel like we have totally different game tastes. Probably. Yeah. I don't play horror games at all. No, Rob played Outlast once on stream, I think. For and a I remember half hour, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I pulled it up and I'm like, Rob's not even like scared. <laughs> and I was I remember when I played it. I was I was needing to pause and take breaks because I was so afraid. Now cut to me how many years later I'm like, oh, 
I got a little scared. Let's keep going. Yeah. Which I'm, it's desensitized me to things. So horror movies don't scare me as much. Things don't scare me as much. And I kind of feel like that's a bonus. My scare response is just different than yours. That's all. I mean, internal. But you, but you weren't scared. I mean, <laughs> there it, it's a little scary, I guess. But like yeah. my my reaction is like I want to fight the game, and I yeah. can't, and it won't let me. So I just get frustrated. Would you go to a corn maze and be jump scared? Do you think? Uh, so I like a haunted corn maze. I guess I shouldn't just say corn maze. <laughs> I went to a haunted house years ago, like when I was in high school. A bunch of my friends made me go with them, and I was like the the bodyguard guy for all the the ladies, basically. Oh, and uh, that's when I learned that my fight or flight is fight. <gasps> oh, did you punch anyone? I elbowed somebody, and I didn't mean to. They jumped up <laughs> behind me, and I just flailed, and I like yeah. decked somebody in the face, and I'm like, I can't go to haunted houses anymore. That's fair, though. It is. I did a haunted corn maze, and mine was just. I couldn't. My anxiety was through the roof. Playing a video game or watching a movie is so different than being actually scared by another thing that's tangible in front mm-hmm. of you. You can't really read. You didn't know you were going to elbow someone. So I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but we learned that day. <laughs> we learned a lesson that day. <laughs> yeah. The next question comes in from Minx or Jinx on Twitter, who asks, if you could meet any person in the world who is alive, who would it be and why? Patrick Stewart. I've met him. You rub this in my face all the time. I love to, yes. (laughs) Who is alive? It would be Patrick Stewart. That man specifically growing up, this is such a weird thing to say, but he is such a comfort to me. And he just seems like such a lovely person that I want to be in his presence, even if all I could say to him is hello and thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to have a conversation. It's just in my life and growing up, Star Trek The Next Generation was a huge comfort and something that the impact it's had on me my whole life is still here like how many years later and Mm -hmm. Patrick Stewart is a huge part of that reason so I think I would pick Patrick Stewart that's a solid choice that was basically all I could muster when talking to him yeah was basically like hi thank you so much I can't I don't even know how you would like I don't feel like I get too starstruck and it's usually after the fact if I when I meet someone that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, did you see what happened? That just happened. So I like to, you know, I keep my cool until after the fact. But I feel like with him, I don't know if I would just actually genuinely be starstruck. There are three people who I've met that really starstruck me to like an almost speechless thing. Patrick Stewart was one of them. Mm-hmm. LeVar Burton was probably the biggest because I, I love yeah. him so much. And then the third was Andrea Romano, who might not be widely, widely known to everybody, but she's a voice director for, or used to primarily work for Warner Brothers doing like the Batman, Superman cartoons, Tiny Toons, like all those WB cartoons from the 90s. And then even moving forward into like Avatar The Last Airbender. And like she's had such an impact on my life. And I had to interview her. So yeah. <laughs> so doing that, actually, I interviewed her twice. I've had the opportunity, which was insane. But that was amazing. But I have had the good fortune of meeting a lot of my heroes. And like I said, actually interviewing some. But for me, the big one would be Howard Stern, because he is a big reason that I do this. Rob tried to get me to listen to Howard Stern years ago, and then time, I time, never actually yes. did. So I've never listened to a Howard Stern episode. I have not missed a show since 2004. So I have been listening. That's when I started listening, really. Yeah, to have something that you look forward to. Mm -hmm. And that I used to have that with The Walking Dead and then that didn't pan out. 
it got bad, <laughs> essentially. But I miss having something like that where you have that like one thing a week where you're like, I love this or I'm passionate about this and I get a new thing to listen to. So I'm yeah. jealous that you have something like that. <laughs> and it's like the world he created. And so, like he used to be on five days a week for four hours a day. That's a lot. It is. And I would consume all of it, even if it wasn't live. Like I would tape it and listen back later or get it through the internet or whatever I could do to get it. Yeah. And now he's on like four hours a day, three days a week. So it's a little less, but I still get that. And then I also get the other podcasts I listen to. But he was, he's a big reason that I got into podcasting. That and the fact that since I've been 10 years old, people on the street stop me and say, you have a nice voice. You should be on the radio like strangers. It's crazy. Well, like I said, you never know where the future might never take know. us. So maybe you're the next Howard Stern, Rob. No, never, never. <laughs> I'm just too different style-wise, but I adore the man. Yeah. Our last listener question comes in from Geek Girl Twitch on Twitter, who asks, have you watched Star Trek Strange New Worlds? I haven't yet. Uh, with work and everything and streaming, I have a hard time watching everything that I want to watch. But Strange New Worlds is on the list because I've heard only good things. I believe Doug Jones is in it, and I absolutely love Doug Jones. Doug Jones is in Discovery. Oh, he's in Discovery. I yes. need to watch all of the new Star Trek. <laughs> I'm so behind because there was one or two here and there, and they're pumping them out now. They're Star Warsing it. So I have to get on it. But oh, Strange New Worlds is the one that has Rebecca Romaine in it. It is. Roman? Is it Romaine or Romaine? Rebecca Romaine, who I've also Romaine. interviewed twice. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> yeah. It's on the list. No, I have not had a chance to watch it yet, sadly. I have. So in the time within the last few years, I decided I was going to, I've already seen TNG so many times over and over again at this point, but I forgot most of DS9. Like I remembered the major beats. So I've done a complete rewatch of DS9. Within the last few weeks, I finished my rewatch of Voyager. And that was a show that I actually fell off of, I think, around like season four-ish maybe mm -hmm. of it. So I never saw the end. And it was kind of cool to have Trek from that era, yeah. the TNG era that I had never seen still at this point, like all these years later. So there was something kind of comforting about that. Even though it's not TNG, it feels like the Star Trek of that time. And so that comfort kind of continued. So I watched all that. I've watched the first season of Discovery it's not really for me. Uh, <laughs> I haven't gone back to it. I've heard it gets better, but I'm not attached to any of those characters. I've seen all of Lower Decks. I watched all of Strange New Worlds. I love Strange New Worlds. It's the best of New Trek, in my opinion. It's fantastic. And I just started watching fairly recently, and I'm pretty much caught up on Star Trek Prodigy, which is oh. the, the kids' show. And one of the things that I didn't know about it that I'm glad I finished Voyager before starting to watch is that it is bringing back some Voyager characters as well. So even for a kid's show, it's some good track. Honestly, there's I watch kids shows sometimes. There is a show on Netflix called Waffles and Mochi. It's a kid's show that Michelle Obama did. It's like food related. So they I can't explain it, but there's just something about that show that was so comforting to me. So, I mean, I never sleep on kids shows. You never know. Right. If there's something in there, I didn't even know Prodigy existed, to be honest with you, until this moment. It's only 12 episodes in so far, but it's, uh, it, they it's definitely take some liberties with Trek lore and design choices and stuff like that. And there are times yeah. where I'm like, uh, but I'm like, oh yeah, this is a kid show. They're going to do what they're going to do. So, yeah, fine. I like Lower Decks. 
it's one of those shows where I can only watch one episode at a time because mm. it's pretty chaotic. But I do, I actually enjoy that one a lot more than I thought I would. It's fun. Although knowing that you haven't seen DS9 or Voyager, right? No, and that's on my list too. Like the thing is they keep putting out new stuff and I got to yeah. get caught up on the old stuff. <laughs> knowing that you haven't seen those, you're probably missing a lot of jokes or a lot of references in Lower Decks because that takes place in that era. Yeah. So I got a, I got a lot of homework. So that, those are all on the list. I just need to fabricate more time in order to do so. <laughs> yeah, same. To rewatch them all, of course. Yeah. So those are all the list of questions, but I do have a few other things just for us to talk about before we wrap this up. Okay. So we alluded to it earlier, but uh, what do you do for work? Oh. Without getting too specific, obviously. I know, I think you've mentioned maybe offhand a couple times during the show, but. Yeah, I do medical coding. So I work and do hospital coding all day. And uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like computer coding. It's not like I'm in the system and I'm entering the code. Like I'm not Angelina Jolie and hackers. No, I'm not (laughs) hacking the planet. I'm uh, making sure the right diagnosis and uh, diagnoses and charge codes, if they apply, are on charts. So yeah, I read doctors. more important than hacking the planet. More important than hacking the planet, making sure insurance pays things correctly. So don't come for me. I'm trying to do my best. But yeah, I do that for work. My job is hard to explain. <laughs> I Rob does a, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I was a teacher for many, many years, but I am largely a freelancer and a contractor now. So I work for two different podcast production companies and I edit podcasts for them. Even though I'm not teaching anymore, I still tutor a lot of students for several hours a week. And on top of those, I am also a video editor for a corporation, like a contract video editor. So that's probably the one I enjoy the most, honestly, which surprised me. But uh, the fact that I am such a visual person, I enjoy editing video far more than I enjoy editing podcasts because podcasts are just waveforms yeah. <laughs> with, with audio. But there's something interesting to hold on to with the, the visual medium. And I feel like it's a little more flexible with some of the stuff, whereas podcasting like there's no excuse to not pull this out or to do this or so I have to do it. But with video, it's a little more forgiving. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. And then we have all the other things we do. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your biggest fandoms outside of the Orville? Obviously, the Orville is one of them. But what are your biggest fandoms? Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Uh, fandoms. I know some of yours. I am in such niche fandoms that I feel like what constitutes a fandom? <laughs> Honestly, basically any franchise that you're a fan of. I get super stoked about Resident Evil. There you go. That's a fan. I just played the new DLC, Shadows of Rose, and I was geeking out the entire time. Outlast released the new game, or the Red Barrels, the company who makes the Outlast mm-hmm. game series. I was Apparently, horror is something that I've realized as I've gotten older, I really enjoy when it's done right. And so I was very excited about, well, it was a closed beta. It's not out right now. But they put out a closed beta that I got to play. And I was really excited about that. I'm a big Michael Crichton fan. I have all of his books on the... I don't know if that's a fandom. That's an author. Absolutely. (laughs) I try to think of things that I I just get into. And honestly, they're random and all over the place. Like, I can't say like, oh, I'm in the DC or I'm in that, which I know that, Rob, (laughs) what are your fandoms? Oh, boy. I mean, Star Trek, obviously. Yeah, well, I, th- I didn't say that, but I thought that went We've without saying. Enough, yeah. <laughs> Batman is probably my biggest fandom. As much as I love Star Trek, Batman's probably my number one thing. I love superhero stuff of all kinds, so DC and Marvel. Oh, the Muppets. Sorry, I don't there mean to interrupt. No. I do love the Muppets. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are probably my biggest ones. Like there are other, like I'm a, I'm a Whovian, even though I've been kind of disappointed with some of their more recent work. But um, the biggest two are Star Trek and Batman for sure. We also really love the Orville. <laughs> I think we like the Orville. I think a we like bit. the Orville, right? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to like pick fandoms that I, I can really think of just because I'm into some niche, like Outlast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like really gross horror stuff. But <laughs> I also have like a couple. I used, like I said, The Walking Dead was one for a long time. I know you're not a fan of zombies, but no, not I at all. really loved that show. It was at the point where like we went to Comic-Con. I can't even express the excitement I had. We got into Hall H for the panel for The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And I can't even, if I could bottle that feeling of just like, we're here and they're there. Like, I don't think I've had something like that in such a long time. But the show didn't elevate to where I was still enjoying it. And yeah. so we stopped watching. And ever since then, I feel like I haven't replaced it with anything. I'm just waiting for that one thing to kind of... Strange New Worlds. I know. It might be Strange New Worlds. I just need to start making Star Trek nights, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, it's only 10 episodes right now, so... But there's like how many of Voyager I need to watch? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a bit more. I think I'm in season two and I'm like, I got to keep... Like, it's just I get daunted when I see like, oh my gosh, there's so many seasons. I heard some sort of statistic the other day that there's currently over 800 episodes of Trek in general. That's not as bad as I thought. I think like people are like, you should watch Supernatural. I'm like, do you know how many seasons that show is? (laughs) Yeah, it's a no for me too. Yeah. (laughs) What other creative projects do you work on? Oh boy. Yeah, I know. This is a big one too. Yeah, I do a lot of tabletop role playing, which is like D&D if you don't know what that is. So on Twitch, I've been in a lot of shows. I have like kept a resume because I wanted to keep track of everything. And I'm really glad that I did. Because As you should, yeah. I don't think I could remember everything I've been on at this point. I think I've done upwards of 20 to 30 shows in the last three years wow. or so. So I'm on a show right now, which I know if you're watching this in the future, it's not going to be on, but it's about witches. I'm a little witch in a witch school solving mysteries with my friends. And that's been really fun. That's over on, on Roll For It. But outside of Tabletop, I stream on Twitch three times a week and try to create fun memories with people, hopefully make someone laugh at least once during my stream. That's my only goal. But also we play weird games like... I usually laugh if it makes you feel better in between Yay! shaking my head. Yeah, it's like just disappointment <laughs> laughter. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, but we we play a lot of different weird stuff over there. But it's my favorite thing to find the most obscure game like Barn Finders, mm. which is so random, but I had so much fun with that. So play horror and you'll probably find me playing a game like Barn Finders. I've enjoyed your recent obsession with simulator, like weird oh, indie simulator kind of games. Yes. Yeah. We've done so many simulator games and they're like hotel remodeling and <laughs> just random simulator games that have something special to them. They just, there's a feel and they're a little wonky. And a not quite polished Yeah, quality. they're not yep. quite right, but it, it, there's just something comforting. So every time I find a simulator game, we did a coffee shop one that was in an aquarium recently. It was pretty great. So Twitch has started as a hobby for me, and it's kind of grown into this whole other thing. But I just try to do that and find games that make us all remember them and that we can do them together. Like horror games, I wouldn't probably play as much by myself. Mm. It's so much more fun to play with the community because I feel like we trauma bond <laughs> And then another thing I do is Katie hasn't seen that. And before you do that, if people wanted to watch you on Twitch, where would they go? Oh, that might be important. Yeah. (laughs) It's Katie Peters Plays over on Twitch. And you can find me there. 
You can find some VODs there, which are videos on demand of me doing shenanigans. But yeah, that is Katie Peters Plays on Twitch. You should come say hello. Yeah. And then I also have a podcast also on the Geek Generation Network called Katie Hasn't Seen That, which is, oh, I (laughs) haven't seen a lot of movies that most people have seen. But now, I mean, I'm on like episode 35. Wow. So honestly, I'm getting educated in the movie world, but it's a lot of basic movies that most people have seen, like Mm -hmm. Forrest Gump. Um, (laughs) You know, movies that, like, what's another one? I can't even think of them. I've done so many at this point. Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. I should just, I should have pulled up a list, but I literally- Mars I'm attacks. thinking of this season specifically. But. Yeah, I watched American Pie. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I watch them while well, I start my podcast telling people what I think the movie's going to be about with no context. And then I tell the ratings of the movie. I watch the movie and then I let you all know what I think. And it's it's a fun way that I can watch these movies that are so beloved. And there might be a thing that goes around that people say that I tear apart most of the beloved movies of people. (laughs) Like I watched The Exorcist for the first time. I watched Poltergeist. So it's just like big cult classics that everyone else has seen except me. And uh, I really enjoyed it. They started off as a popcorn podcast. I was like, it's only gonna be like 20 minute episodes. And then I'm like, I do like 40 to 50 episodes of just me sharing my thoughts and starting to rival Quantum Drive. (laughs) Yeah, I I get talking sometimes and I can't stop. So yeah, but that's also on the Geek Gen Network and you should listen to it because it's a passion project for me. I do it just because people wanted me to do it. And Mm -hmm. I hope that those who do enjoy it do enjoy it. (laughs) Do listen to it. Do enjoy it. But we have a lot of cool conversations on Twitch and on like YouTube video and just people share their comments with me. And I love discussing the movies. And when people are upset with my ratings of the movies, oh, people love to tell me how wrong I am. And it's really, it's really (laughs) fun to read those. (laughs) People are passionate about their movie opinions for sure. Yeah. I think that's about it on projects. I know there's always things coming up here, there, and everywhere. Neither of us stop ever, so. No. When one thing ends, another begins. Exactly. So, Rob, what are your other projects? So I do a number of other podcasts. None of them are currently really running right now, though. I did do the Geek Generation for a while. I had a podcast called Random Movie Club, which has kind of moved over to Patreon as like one of our exclusive shows over there, which is also a movie podcast. Katie's been on a few episodes of that. Uh, I've done some short run podcasts and some as just an experiment to see if I'd enjoy doing it or not, things like that. But the more I do want to focus more on podcasting than I have been recently. But again, it's just finding the time to get everything done that I want to get done. I also stream on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash the Rob Logan. I do have two Twitch channels, but I don't really use the other one that much anymore and just stream on my personal one now. And I'm usually only on a couple of times a week, but I don't have a steady enough schedule to really make any sort of like, oh, I can stream this many times a week at this time or whatever. So yeah, it is what it is. And my focus has been kind of all over the place lately, but I'd love to convert it to mostly doing like live podcasts and stuff like that, recordings and all that kind of stuff. Because I just enjoy the talk format more than I enjoy basically anything else, really. And I've uh, I've managed to gather a bit of a following on TikTok, which has been a, a creative thing. So I, I post mostly like geek news over there, even though I'm starting to. And again, I started with a niche. I was posting just geek news all the time. And now I'm starting to expand that now that we have like close to 50,000 followers over there now. Dang. And that's, yeah, just yeah. Uh, 
the geek generation on TikTok, you can find that. Go so, follow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been streaming on TikTok too, actually, which has been I interesting. I haven't tried that. I don't think I've unlocked it yet because I don't, <laughs> I downloaded TikTok. I don't. I've already told Rob, I <laughs> I don't love TikTok, but I still consume it. I need to curate my For You page. And I know mm. you told me, just look, just go to the people you follow, yeah. <laughs> which is what I should do. But yeah, I just post random stuff over there. But that's impressive to get to 50K. And I don't know. How are the streams over there? It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's not what I was hoping it would be, but I'm still building that community too. So who knows? Yeah. You never know. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. I have one more question for you. I'm ready for it. And this might be, I don't think it's too difficult to answer, but it might be. What are some interesting things about you that the listeners might not know? Feel free to get random. I'm from New York. I don't know if I've shared that before. I may have. I've t- I've, there's been many episodes. Y'all might be like, no, that's not new. <laughs> I know. We don't, we don't remember. Yeah. Oh, random facts about me? Yeah. What are some interesting things maybe about like, particularly interesting past jobs or past hobbies or other yeah. hobbies you have that are not necessarily like creative projects, but just ways you like spending your time or like an interest you have that is not something that generally comes up or like anything like that. I worked at a pancake place for my first job. Did you? Yes. And I made maple trays and bust tables. Maple tray. Yeah, that, I, I need to know. The maple trays. They're special to this restaurant. And it was literally like they had maple butter, maple syrup, maple sugar. It was like a like a tray of different maple products. That sounds fantastic. So, I mean, this place made pancakes. That was their main thing. And it was yeah. like a mom and pop type deal. But yeah, you would have to refill the maple tray because people... They were in high demand and it was all maple that these people like sourced and made themselves. Like wow. I lived in a place that that was easy to do. So yeah, that was my first job. Oh boy. I've had many random jobs over the years, but I don't know that anyone's super interested in my job history uh, <laughs> besides the pancake parlor. That's pretty fun. They made the best grilled cheese too. Mm. I'm a vegetarian. That's a good fact. Yeah. I knew so, that, but. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people like, mm, meat. And I'm over here like, can I have something else, please? But yeah, I, I'm a vegetarian. I weirdly started to grow. What is the right word here? I've recently started to enjoy a lot of Nicolas Cage <laughs> movies. Memorabilia. And Memorabilia. <laughs> well, mostly just like his movies. Like, because yeah. I've had to watch a lot for Katie hasn't seen that. And it became kind of a meme on my Twitch channel. But I feel like. I kind of dig Nicolas Cage and his body of work. So <laughs> I watched so a Nicolas Cage movie recently and I'm forgetting the name of it because it's a long title. It's a okay. recent one. Like the Oh, the new one he did. Yeah. Yeah. When the whole the, the unbearable himself. the unbearable weight of massive talent. I yeah. haven't seen it yet. That's on my list. I just watched that a couple weeks ago and it's it's a good time. Okay. I feel like that's one I need. There's so many movies and TV shows to watch. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I enjoy Conan O'Brien a lot. And at Comic-Con, I signed up for this one thing. It was like Conan Bingo. And it was just a random thing you get tickets for. Mark and I did it. We almost didn't go. And it was so much fun. And uh, I have two pop figurines back here that were exclusive. Nice. San Diego Comic-Con, Conan O'Brien's. And Conan was there. He came out as the special guest. And it was kind of like a really cool night because they gave you food. They gave you drinks. And 
you played bingo. And it was just a really fun event at San Diego Comic-Con. That's super cool. And we got gift bags that obviously had the pops in it. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet some of the people that Conan works with and stuff. And that was a really fun, memorable evening from one of the Comic-Cons. Is that where you met Aaron Blair? Mm -hmm. I remember you well, telling actually, me no, that I had you... already, I had already known, like met him and okay. then I met him in person. But okay. I don't think, yeah, it was just kind of a happenstance circumstance happens cool. circumstance yeah so it's such a random event but like sometimes those things that you don't expect to be anything end up being something really cool and memorable yep there's lots of things i could probably think of but i want to hear some about you rob oh okay well i think these are mostly things you know about me but okay. i definitely have never brought up before on the show that i used to be a professional wrestler I knew that, though, which <laughs> is did. so fascinating. Yeah, I wrestled for like seven years on the New England independent circuit. And when I say wrestle, I don't mean like Greco-Roman style. I mean like WWE style. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing I did, <laughs> which is one of the most random facts about me that I don't think people would even consider. But mm -hmm. I also did stand up comedy in the Boston scene for like two ish years, like on open mics and stuff. Mm -hmm. I like doing creative things like that, that push me out of a comfort zone. It's like probably the I don't know why, but I think it's the area where I generally do push myself out of my comfort zone when I feel like I'm expanding on my creative pursuits. Yeah, I'm a pretty reserved, somewhat shy person most of the time. But when it comes to like performance and stuff like that, that's where I really tend to push my boundaries. Yeah, it's good to do that. Sometimes I'm not a big public speaker, so I know stand up comedy would make me so nervous. Yeah. So I'm impressed that you can even get up on a stage and do that on open mic because I'd be over there like, um, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is kind of related. The first set I ever did was all Star Trek jokes because the place I started out at was the back of a comic shop in Boston. And they had shows that were all geek themed. It ran once a month and every show had a specific theme to it. And I showed up one week. I forget how I met my friend Kevin, who used to host the show. It was like through Facebook or something. And I went to one of the shows just to check it out. And he told me that he listened to the podcast and stuff, the Geek Generation, and invited me. I was like, I'm thinking about getting into doing comedy. And he was like, well, we're going to do a Star Trek show next month if you want to do that. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. But I had been writing for months just kind of in general. And I was like, oh, so it's all Star Trek jokes. Well, I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. And I had to write a completely new like seven minute set in a month's time. And it was all Star Trek jokes. And then I found out I was like one of two people on the show who were doing only purely Star Trek jokes because other people just didn't honor the theme in the same way. Yeah. But I was like, every joke has to be about Star Trek. That's what my set's about. And but that was a good exercise in writing because every month they were giving me a different theme. It was like, yeah. you got to write jokes for this. I treated it that way, at least. So I did like a video game night and like I have the Star Trek one in audio only still, mm -hmm. but I have the video game set in video too. So you might have to send me the Star Trek one because I know I've seen the video, but I haven't oh, that's seen right. I haven't heard the Star Trek joke. I think I actually played it on one of the Geek Gen episodes. <gasps> I don't remember which one, but I definitely still have it. I can send that to you. It's yeah. it's the first set I ever did live. So it's probably a little rough, but yeah. I think I did okay still. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what else I would say. I, I, I love hosting. Hosting is one of my favorite things to do. Hence, like this. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. Who's your favorite actor? Christian Bale. I didn't know that. 
My favorite actress is Natalie Portman. I'm learning so many new things. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> you asked me a question. You're not prepared for I know. I'm like, it. crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Honestly, you know what? This is kind of a meme on my channel, too. I really feel like Sean Ashmore is a really underrated actor. I agree. I feel like he's phenomenal. I have seen him do so many different roles, and I really appreciate what he does. I also really like Doug Jones, who mm. does a lot of under makeup acting mm-hmm. in Pan's Labyrinth and uh, the Hellboy movies, like so many roles over the years. Doug Jones is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate Doug Jones. And I mean, I really love Rachel Weiss <laughs> as a, if I were picking an actor and an actress. So Katie really loves the mummy movies. Or the Mummy movie specifically. The Mummy, like the second the sequel is pretty great. The Mummy Returns is amazing. But I, The Mummy is my comfort. There's something about that movie that just will not leave my soul. It's like <laughs> intertwined in my soul. The Mummy from 1999, which I made Rob watch for Random That's Movie right. Club. That's right. That's one of our Random Movie Club episodes. Yeah. So you all listen to that and hear me just gush about it while Rob was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> It wasn't bad. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. It's one of those nostalgia hits, which is why one Katie hasn't seen that when I'm like, people are like, I love this movie. But I was like, but I wasn't eight when I watched it for the yeah. first time. You know, <laughs> I'm an adult human who's watching it for the first time with too much life experience. The cloud, mm-hmm. that joy that you felt when you watched Goonies for the first time. Yeah, I never had that. I saw it for the first time in college. No nostalgia. Didn't like it. I didn't like it either. Yeah. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Goonie, no Goonies high five. It's an awful movie, y'all, but you can listen to my episode on that one. <laughs> uh, I think that might do it. I think mm-hmm. we've thoroughly introduced people to us. Hopefully. Sorry. <laughs> or you're welcome. Or you're welcome. One of the two. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. I'm sure we're going to have more episodes coming at some point. Mm-hmm. So, stay subscribed to the feed and yeah. uh, hopefully, still, you know. Fingers crossed for season four. Screaming into the void and also everywhere that season four is announced soon mm-hmm. for the Orville. Oh, yeah. I will it every day. I want to wake up one morning and just be like, the Orville renewed for season four in big, bold letters on my newsfeed. So look, I might have a tweet in the drafts just waiting. <laughs> We're manifesting this right now. Yeah. Sometimes when Rob and I say things, on the podcast, they come to fruition. Apparently. And so, so, yes, we're apparently saying we're over magic. and over. Yes. Yes. So the magic of season four announcement in the next month. Magic. So I'm excited uh, about that announcement soon. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Quantum Drive is a production of The Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on The Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks, you can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at the Rob Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at KatiePetersPlays. And Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in In the the future. future.